And then how do y'all introduce yourself together? Is it band? Do you say Krungbin at the same time? Or it never you works. You never do that. Yeah, okay. that never works. Krungbin. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, usually we just, like, one of us will do it. Usually Laura, because she has the best sultry voice. Listen, do it again. Say something. Hi, this is Laura Lee from Krungbin. Wow. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> Did it just get louder? I feel like it just got louder. <laughs> awesome. Hi. <laughs> Uh-huh. Hey, this is Drew, and you're listening to the Music Memories Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody rocks like. Saman here. I want to share with you a really special episode of the Nostalgia Mixtape with a favorite band of mine, Krungbin. They're made up of a drummer, DJ Johnson, a bassist, Laura Lee, and a guitarist, Mark Spear. They're one of my favorite bands because they have covered several psychedelic rock and roll songs from the Middle East, records that are from like the 60s, 70s and kind of brought them back into the conversation. And I think that's really important and a positive thing. I also love them because at their live shows, they don't do a lot of singing. It's mainly instrumental, but when they do, the crowd goes nuts, even when they just like say one word. It's a really fun thing to witness, and I hope everyone out there gets a chance to check out a Krungbin show at some point. But to tell the story of how their music first came into my life, we've got to rewind back to 2010. I first met their drummer, DJ, late in that year, when I knew him as Beans, not DJ. Beans was one half of Beans and Cornbread, a production duo who were responsible for regional hits for people like Paul Wall, Zero, Slim Thug, and Kirko Bangs. They also produced the beautiful theme music that you hear in the background right now. Pretty cool, right? Anyway, they're really friendly guys. They love guacamole. I love guacamole. We hit it off really, really quickly. And so I asked them if they wanted to play my South by Southwest showcase. And they said yes. I was only 20 years old and I had just bought like 300 donuts and randomly Steve Francis showed up to the showcase. Houston Rockets basketball legend Steve Francis. And my parents were there too. So it was quite an interesting mix of things going on. But I guess that showcase must have gone well in some way because I stayed in touch with Beans and Cornbread. And one day Beans told me about a band he was in called Krungbin and that they were coming to Austin. The host of our morning talk show at Texas Student TV, Natasha Verma, mentioned that she was looking for a band to play her morning show. So I connected Beans and Natasha and on November 11th, 2011, at hella early o'clock, Krungbin played in our studio. I've been trying to look for an earlier live performance of Krungbin, like a live taping, but I haven't been able to find one. So I'm going to play you a little bit of what that early performance sounded like.
That was one of their early tracks called Bin Bin. I had halfway forgotten about that moment until 2018, a few nights before one of two sold-out shows at Music Hall of Williamsburg in Brooklyn. I was searching through my tweets to see what was the earliest mention I had ever made of them on Twitter. I saw some tweets from 2016 and I was like, okay, that makes sense. Then I kept scrolling and there were earlier and earlier mentions of them. And I was like, okay, I'm even surprised that I was ahead of the curve on this. And then, boom, I found tweets from 2011, and it was their performance at Texas Student TV, and I was like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot that that had happened. So when I talked to them that night, I brought it up, and they, all of our minds were blown, because I think they had forgotten that that happened too, (laughs) and we, we were just like, oh my gosh, we actually met like seven years ago. But I knew from then, I was gonna be a lifelong fan of Krung Bin's music. I just had no idea how many other people around the world would become fans too. It's really incredible. So with that in mind, here's a dreamy and silly trip down memory lane with DJ, Laura, and Mark, together known as Krungbin. The song is Gonna Get Over You by France Jolie. Mm-hmm. I randomly found this song on Spotify, I believe, in 2016. 2016. I was just riding around, had some songs playing, and uh, this one popped on. And the when it went off, the test of a good song for me is like when it goes off, you're like, I'm gonna run that back. I'm gonna hear it again. Yeah. yeah. So I played it again, and I was like, man, this is really jamming and I was marveling at the production of the song how good it was and how tight and formatted the song was Mm -hmm. and fast forward maybe like later that weekend uh, on a Saturday my wife and I were headed down to see her parents who live in Lake Jackson Mm -hmm. Um, and I think we're about halfway through the trip it takes about an hour to get there from Houston yeah from Houston okay so about 30 minutes in I put the song on and we listened to it and I'm made her listen to the song the rest of the <laughs> the rest of the way to Lake Jackson on repeat. It actually sounds kind of terrible. You know, yeah, yeah. And I was like, um, you know, and I, I politely I asked her, I was like, mind if we listen to this again? I, I just can't get enough of this uh, this baseline. Um, you know? So I got kind of stuck with it and um, I was like, wow, this is really, really good. And I think the next time I played it, we were all together on tour in Copenhagen, I believe. Yeah, in I think April of 2016. Yeah. How were y'all feeling as people and as a band in 2016? I think that's when things were kind of first getting started for us because I first went over to, we did our first show outside of the United States in November of 2015. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went over and we did like a short run in the UK and it was when our album came out mm-hmm. so we were there for maybe like 10 days and we played how many shows did we do in that time maybe like 4 5 yeah, yeah 4 or 5 much. shows and it was really special it was a it was a super exciting time for us me especially because of my first time like really out of the country using my passport um, playing music and meeting all these people with the British accents and 
you know, just kind of diving into the culture. It was cool. Yeah, it was a crazy time. It was scary because life was changing for all of us in different ways. But we were all coming together and doing this thing that was really meaningful and obviously still is. Mm -hmm. But that beginning, you don't know what's going to happen more than ever. I mean, you still don't know what's going to happen, but we were all sort of taking leaps of faith in that tour. Mm -hmm. I quit my job, um, you know, cross your fingers, hope for the best. Yeah. And you sort of feel high on life because you've made that leap and you know that the possibilities are great, but they're also scary. And um, I'll never forget that little bubble of time. We were on tour for two months on that run. Yeah. Two months in Europe was way too long. Yeah. But it, it sort of broke us in the best way. I mean, we were on tour with a really fantastic band, and we learned right. a lot about just, you know, what to do on stage and how to do it. And, yeah, we got very Van Lyrius, you know, because we're chasing a tour bus across Europe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, the funny thing is, is, like, like the previous November when we were playing those four or five shows in, in the UK is when we played BBC. Oh, wow. And that's where yeah, we played with Father John Misty. We met FJM on that show. Yeah, and then here he is like, hey, I'm going to take these guys on tour with me. Mm -hmm. And that was, wow, okay, great. Sweet, thanks. Um, a huge leap. A huge leap, yeah. yeah. Wow. And, you know, so we, we, we tried to have fun as much as we could and that song definitely was fun <laughs> yeah it's still fun how does that feel making these huge like leaps in terms of like knowledge and growth like are you ready for it or do you just like buckle up you know i don't think you're ever ready yeah because it's always more than you could imagine it to be mm -hmm. you know it's you just kind of when it comes you just like all right here we go you know Put on your guitar and grab your drumsticks and here we go. Mm -hmm. It's a thing. Uh, it's been a wild ride. Go yeah. out. I remember DJ showing me the song and he's like, I think you're going to love this song mm -hmm. because Nina, DJ's wife, loves this song. He's like, she can't stop listening to the song. Mm -hmm. Now I'm hearing the story. It was DJ. It was a memorable day. It was a memorable tour for us. It was our first tour ever. And we were on the road with Father John Misty mm -hmm. and we were delirious mm -hmm. because the road is that way and I loved it I love that song and I would frequently sort of do the catwalk backstage um, yes. to keep myself awake because I'd be tired and I'd be like I'm gonna walk for you guys and I'd pick a song and I'd walk sometimes I'd eat a sandwich while I walk or something mm -hmm. and uh, the day I walked to France Jolie my hair was all messed up and I only had one shoe on Mm -hmm. and, it's going to uh, be hard to walk Yeah, but it was great mm -hmm. <laughs> And I think Mark caught it on video Oh yeah Oh my god Yeah. And I, I have this laugh sometimes And I, I can't fake it 
it's like ah. <laughs> <laughs> and in the in the video I do that at the very end mm-hmm. and so it became this video that we were constantly playing for each other to hear that laugh at the end mm-hmm. but also the song and it was just a really memorable moment oh we we couldn't stop listening to that <laughs> we listened to it a ton on the road it was like whenever someone had the phone and someone was playing stuff to the to the system of the van it was like oh there it is again because mm-hmm. uh, it's so good and we ended up you know we're like oh we have we have to get this on wax right yeah so we go look and find it and we, you know we're on discogs and uh Laura Lee finds it right so she orders it and i spent the extra cash i got the you know the good copy. Wow. Yeah. You know? It's like, I'm going to get Very the nice good one. plus. Very good plus. <laughs> and then it, com- it comes in the mail and it's the Spanish version. <laughs> <laughs> it's still jamming, though. It's still jamming. Right. It's still jamming. It's still jamming, though. But, you know, I put it on. And I was like, oh. You know, <laughs> and now, now actually, it's it's we play it. It's great. Yeah, we play it. It's like because people are <laughs> hip to that song, right? So when we play, they're like, "Oh, they're playing French, really." And then we, and then it's she's singing in Spanish, and they're like, "Where'd you get this version?" <laughs> like, oh, that's a deep cut. <laughs> hey, but it came with the instrumental on the B side, so that's tight. Indeed. Yeah, so you can do your karaoke version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we played it recently live. Oh wow! Um, in Montreal, Montreal, Montreal. Yeah. which is where France really is from. Yeah. yeah, that's so perfect. Yeah, yeah, it did not go off. <laughs> <laughs> not, not the same crowd, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're about thirty years too late. <laughs> Play that in a prime of Winnegon. We were, we were so excited about that too. We were like, oh man, we're in Montreal. Right. We get to play. Uh, they're gonna go nuts. Yeah, they're gonna love it. <laughs> you know, we kick it off. Da, 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 da. And it's like literally like three people in the room that are like getting it, and it's us. What it is. This specific moment was your European tour, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were there any records you discovered on that tour or records you had been looking for that you found? Like actual physical records? Yes. We did have zero time for record shopping yeah. up on that run mm-hmm. because you're just basically chasing a tour bus and hoping to show up on time for load-in. Mm-hmm. So it was, there wasn't any time to go like exploring. For, had, yeah, very little exploration time, which is sort of what makes that song and any songs that make their way into your regular playlist on the road so important because mm-hmm. you're backstage a lot and yeah. you're listening to songs and if their songs are keeping you through mm-hmm. that time. There was another song that kind of chased us around during that time. Mm-hmm. It was the Sonia Spence. Yeah. That's right. Sonia Spence. Um, Let Love Flow On. Yeah. Yeah. That was the other song of yeah. that tour. Uh-huh. And actually in Copenhagen, same place that the catwalk happened dj and i went to have brunch and uh sonia spence came on and it just didn't seem like 
it would be a song you'd hear anywhere. And yeah. It was yeah. there. It was this weird moment. I got the Cafe Yellow. Yeah, we hugged. We were like, this, <laughs> yeah. this is so weird. Yeah, because she didn't hear it. I was sitting there and I was like, do you hear that? And she's like, hear what? And I was like, listen. And she's like, oh my God. This the... And I was just kind of following us around. So weird. How did that song go? I've never heard it before. I'm so bad with words. I reach for you, honey. You reach for me. We'll do the things together only lovers do. Let them float on baby. We'll do the things together only lovers do. Let love flow on baby. Getting into each other, yes, we'll unite And we'll let love's vibrations lead us aright We'll do the things together only lovers do Let love flow on, baby We'll do the things together only lovers do Let love flow on, baby And because we didn't have that many adventures mm. on that run, that morning we we did two nights in Copenhagen, and it was DJ's really first time. It was first time in Europe. Yeah. Mm. And uh, Mark was asleep, and we were in a <laughs> Airbnb, and the apartment above us there was like a seven year old kid <laughs> learning how to play drums. drums. Mm. I mean, it was that like oh, practicing wow, drums yeah. wow. thing. I forgot about that. I'm so sorry, man. That probably drove you crazy. Well, it was actually ele- <laughs> it, it was electric, electric drums, drums too. So it, was, so it wasn't even like you're hearing like a drum. You're hearing like a, a pedal hitting a floor. Right. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what is going on? Um, <laughs> yeah. Mark's good about just when he's determined to sleep, he'll just keep doing it. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm but, a good sleeper. But there was no way I was going to stay in that room. And I looked at Deej and I was like, do you want to go on an adventure? And he's like, what kind of adventure? Is brunch? <laughs> That's pretty adventurous. Um, Food, yes. Yeah. And it ended up, I sort of rolled the dice mm-hmm. on a place in Copenhagen I'd never mm-hmm. been and ended up being... And it was beautiful. Yeah. It was like on a harbor or something? Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, it was on the water. Huge spread. One uh-huh. of the nicest buffet spreads I've yeah. ever seen. Um, I think it was probably really expensive, but... Can you walk me there, like, visually? Can you describe, like, from where you were staying to the place? It wasn't far. It was like, uh, like, walk out of the door. We walked mm-hmm. down the street, maybe hug a few turns, and it seemed like we arrived there, and there were all these people just kind of brunching and hanging mm-hmm. out. It was sunny, sunny, waterfront. The architecture in Copenhagen is very, like, Amsterdam-y, kind mm-hmm. of. That's yeah. the only thing I could compare it to, but it, it's mm-hmm. its own creative yeah. style. Um, there's a lot of fish on the spread. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't even know what it was. And it was this ice cream that I had at the end. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. Um, yeah. And then as we were leaving, the song came on. And then we went and told Mark about our mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Woke him up. Did the show again. That's what we did. And, it, and I think it was actually that day that the French Jolie walk happened yeah that, actually i yeah, know it was it was because yeah. yeah. i was i was still uh sleepy 
Uh, and I was, what was it, what's it called? What's the pose that I was doing on the floor at the dressing room? Oh, Shavasana. It's Shavasana. I was, uh, no, shavasana it wasn't Lion's pose. pose. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> <laughs> Basically just me Shavasaning on the floor of the shavasana. dressing room. As yeah. one does. As one does. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and what's the energy of the the band that night? It was playful, I would say, because <laughs> mainly because of Laura Lee. Like I think maybe for her having the catwalk, it was probably really low energy. Mm-hmm. So she catwalks to like get everybody like you know going and getting ready. Mm-hmm. And uh, and after that happened, you know, lift everyone's spirits and then, you know just go out and do your thing. Yeah. Copenhagen uh, is remembered in Krungman as one of our favorite places to play because the yeah. audience is so great. Wow. Yeah. And oh man. So after this show, I think we had a day off the next day. So in on the road, we call that Roadie Friday. Okay. Because, you know, like everyone just kind of lets loose because you don't have to work the next day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we went to this spot called War Pigs. Yes. <gasps> Great name. Uh, oh. It was insane. I can't. Oh, it was so good. It was a beer bar. Okay. Yeah, it's a beer bar. And I think they just served beer. And they were playing like rock around the clock. They were and playing like, just like old rockabilly. Yeah. Like back to back to back. Sounds like a dream. And yeah. people were. But they were, it was cranked like it was like club volume. You know like what I mean? Trap. But the thing is, there's no bass. Right. It's just, it's all mids. And yeah. people are just going absolutely insane. Dancing on tables. Like, Dancing yeah. on tables. No, it was like Wooden. insane. It was like out of grease or something. Like, oh. Like big. Yeah. Wow. Oh, it was so good because they were wooden, like picnic tables inside the place, and everyone. And then you're like, I'm in Copenhagen. Yeah. And this is awesome. <laughs> I've never seen anyone like dance that hard to just like rock around the clock, just dancing on tables, doing a twist. Just the entire room of people yeah. just insane. One like of my, they like, were partying, dude. Yeah, it was a party. <laughs> like how how it would be at like an underground club somewhere, like a trap. Yeah, club. it was right. And the music was but that loud, but it was insane. Man. Yeah. And then the, you know he's back in, uh, he's like bookending the set with like Queen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was great. That sounds like a religious experience. Oh, it was. <laughs> everyone, yeah, like everyone singing together. It was. One of those nights. Oh, the best. <laughs> War pigs. If you're ever in Copenhagen, War pigs. <laughs> yeah, when whenever I uh, am lucky enough to DJ a house party, I like to try and throw like a little rockabilly medley in there just to like prove that you can still dance to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. yeah. You don't hear it enough. You don't. You know what uh. I mean? So anyway, that's a personal side. <laughs> Have y'all had a moment where you found a special record on the road, maybe outside of the country, outside of the U.S.? Oh, man. I'm so many. What was the, when you guys were in India with the... Oh, oh man. <laughs> Laura Lee tells the story the best. I mean, I can't tell the story. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, we were in... Mark wanted to go record shopping in India, obviously. Okay. And 
we asked around. We played an Indian festival. We asked uh, where we should go, and mm-hmm. everybody kind of said, you really need to go with somebody. But we were going to do our best to find stuff on our own. So mm-hmm. we went to, what's the bazaar called? Char Bazaar? Yeah, I think it was yeah. like Char Bazaar. It's old school bazaar. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know where you've been in the world, but there's certain countries where mm-hmm. there's, like streets are divided by what they sell on them. Like there's like the mm-hmm. light bulb street. Or mm-hmm. the cassette yeah. tape street, or the, the, paper the plumbing street. street. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is the, the street where you. Street. This is the street where you just you just get like the back fender for your moped uh, with yeah. the light. Like yeah. that's all they sell. We were in Auto Land for a while, okay. and then finally there was like a gramophone or something. We knew we were. Yeah, we're getting closer. Yeah, and a dusty shop, dusty shop with records stacked horizontally, like the wrong way, and. Yeah. <laughs> piles high yeah that's all it was and they were so beat up but we were gonna go through them because that's what you do yeah and the guy behind the counter is like oh what are you guys looking for and mark's like oh i'm I'm looking looking for jean baz and he goes ah he holds up his finger (laughs) and right behind the counter is a pristine copy of jean baz in plastic yeah like uh, perfect original original press, and then he's like, "Oh, is there anything else?" And Mark was like, "Well, yeah." Kerbani. Oh, turns out the only other record that's in perfect condition is that. And he's like, yeah, "Interesting, so because this is the most expensive record I have." Wow. Like, oh, of course it is. Wow. <laughs> so we so we bit. paid ten dollars and we were out the door. Um, yeah. It was great. And also in Thailand. We went to um, Sudrang Ma. Sudrang Ma, yeah. One of the best record stores I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, when you usually go to international section, it's the smallest section in, in the room, and this is only that. Oh. And they go, they travel just to find original pressings of records. Yeah. And I found uh, a seven inch of Karosh. Uh, mm-hmm. Karosh Mai. Yeah, I forgot what the Goliak. Oh yeah, Goliak. Yeah, which was the one of the first. It was one of the first Persian songs we listened to. Wow. Yeah, we couldn't get enough of that one, and uh, yeah, we found it on wax. It was like whoa. Yeah. I had asked a friend who's Persian to ask her family to make a playlist for me, and I actually didn't really like any of the songs on there except for Goliak, and yeah. played it for Mark. I was like this is the most beautiful song, and it was in rotation forever. And then going to Thailand to find an original record from Iran. Right. I don't know. It That's kind of blew my mind. I never thought I would ever see that 45. And it was way more than I would normally pay for a record, and I probably won't listen to it because it's not in great condition, but it was something I would have been sad that I didn't buy. Yeah. It's like a very divine experience. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I remember 
uh, like several years back when DJ was telling me like that y'all had been getting into Persian music, like Iranian music, and I sent him like the Pomegranates oh, yeah. mixtape yeah. or whatever, which is like, which was like a life changing like compilation for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I would say that that's one of two that got, really got me into like this rabbit hole of like Middle Eastern psychedelic music that I had no idea existed. And I'm like half Middle Eastern, which is crazy. So <laughs> 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 it's crazy that I didn't know that existed. Yeah. Um, was there, is there also like maybe one record or compilation for y'all that sparked your interest in psychedelic music from that region? Hmm. What was it that got me going? It was, it was Gagoosh, Mabiham Nemisarim. That's what, like, I, I think I heard it on radio, like that app, you know, mm-hmm. where you can just kind of pick a country, pick a decade, yeah. and it plays you jams from that. And I was like, what is this? This is amazing. I th- it, it couldn't have been too long after Father John Missy because that's where I actually learned about that app. Yeah, we were in the UK. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I was like, this is, this is it right here. And then I was like, well, if there's this, then I got to... There's got to be other stuff like it, so I got to right. find more. And then I was just in love with Gagoosh, basically. Uh, and we're going to see her next week. <gasps> yeah, that's right. What? Yeah. Where's she playing? Hollywood Bowl. Wow, dude. Wow, yeah. that's really special. I'm fanboying out right now. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait. How old is she by now? She's timeless. Yeah, there's no age for her. Mm-mm. That's really special. Uh, I have. A digital gift for all of y'all that I'll give y'all after uh, oh, awesome. email or we transfer or something. But um, there's this compilation that was really before Pomegranates was the one that turned me on to this world. It's called Waking Up Shehrazade, and it's like a two-volume compilation of psychedelic rock from North Africa and the Middle East. Dope. Sweet. And um, it turned me on to this band called the Cedars, who are Lebanese and made me ask my dad if he'd ever heard any of this stuff before and i had like remembered that he he had like mentioned having a band in the past when he grew up in palestine and it kind of like opened up this huge window to where i've now gone on this mission that's still ongoing of uncovering more about my dad's band but the connection between my dad's band and y'all is that they used to cover Rapani songs. Yeah. Right. And y'all did, what was it? Dance, Dance Maria. Maria. Yeah. And that is what made my dad a fan of y'all. So it was a really cool, <laughs> full oh, circle that's moment. So yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. I'll have to, uh, I'm still in the process of that whole thing, as DJ knows. Yeah. But um, we'll, we'll work on that. We'll try and get y'all uh, some of my dad's music, too. Killer. Whenever we can make that happen. Yeah. It happens every day. I have a couple random questions for y'all. Were any of y'all into like comic books or superheroes growing up? I was oh. not. No. I was in the X-Men, like the cartoon. Okay. I really dug the cartoon. I wasn't into the comic books, but yeah. Okay. No. Not for us, y'all. I mean, 
there's people that could be superheroes too, but they're not traditionally. Okay. Like who? Um, Cassandra from Wayne's World. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's definitely a superhero. <laughs> was she the one with the gun rack? No. no. That was Stacy. Stacy. Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He didn't. Are you me. mental? <laughs> I don't even own a gun. <laughs> okay. Cassandra. Right. Cassandra. No, she is a superhero. She's a superhero. No, uh, She's Cassandra like... played bass in Crucial Taunt. Yeah. Crucial yeah. Taunt or Crucial Tonic? Was it Crucial Taunt or Crucial Taint? <laughs> wow. Really? <laughs> Pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, for some reason, I thought it was Crucial Tonic. No well, anyway, that would be something to look at later. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pick that one for you. Yeah, she, is, she looks like uh, Angelic in that movie when she's on stage. Clearly inspiration for her. <laughs> it's very clear inspiration. Is it the hair? What is it? Yeah, outfits. Her whole thing. She plays bass. Yeah. I mean, it, it was never intentional, <laughs> but I was I was watching her the other day, and I was like, oh, right. Yeah. I totally watched this a lot as a kid. I'm sure there was a subconscious <laughs> thread that went in there. Hell yeah. <laughs> like a whammy bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So She's like epic. Yeah, you're like, so epic. She like hangs out with Wayne's World dudes, goes mm-hmm. and sees the Strat, and knows all the yeah. facts about the... <laughs> I forgot you know it. Do you know the line? I don't remember the line. Oh, it's, it's so amazing, good. Though. It's so it's like, good. <laughs> take the buzz out the low E or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Excalibur. Wow. 64 Fender Stratocasting, classic white with triple single coil pickups and a whammy ball. Free CBS Fender corporate buyout. I'd raise the bridge, file down the net, and take the buzz out the low E. God, I love this woman. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Do you remember any of? Her songs from that movie? Yeah, that one. Don't need no reason for reaction. Yeah. Ain't got no reason for reaction. Yeah. Wait. So this is song Ballroom Blitz. Oh, yeah, Ballroom, Ballroom Blitz. Blitz. Sweet cover. Yeah. I can, like, see her face right now in my yeah. head. When she's singing that. The snake's falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Wayne's World. We're not oh, oh, man. We gotta oh, fix that. We gotta yeah. fix that. I've never seen it. Actually. Whoa. Whoa. Dude. Wow. Okay. All right. Love we'll edit that out. That you love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've never seen it. We gotta carve out some time to watch hey, it. There's, That's a classic. It's actually movie. the one of her with the snake. It, I remember when the Britney Spears video came out with the snake. I okay. was like, oh, I remember this. Uh-huh. This is what we tend to do. Like, if there's a movie that everyone in the world has seen and I haven't seen it, we'll sit down and watch it together. Remember, we sat down and watched What About Bob oh, yeah. in the UK once. Great, and, great movie. And it was like, okay, now I get all the inside jokes and references now. Yeah. But that's the next one. Wayne's World. Let's do it. Do any of y'all have UFO stories or theories about UFOs? UFOs. Hmm. <laughs> why, I mean, why are you laughing over there, Mark? Well, because he's yeah, checking out the show. Serious. Yeah, checking out the show, man, with the glassy eye. eye. <laughs> you know, where the pyramid meets the eye, man, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out. I've, I've said too much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
well, I mean, with that in mind, let's let's just uh, let's just celebrate the life of Art Bell. Yeah, because that's that's the guy right there. Mm-hmm. Art Bell. Yeah, man. I, I think my favorite UFO story is that you know CIA was doing like not mind control experiments, but like remote viewing experiments. Mm. So they had this like uh, like a psychic or a remote viewer or whatever sitting in a in a room, and they give him an envelope. It's a sealed envelope, right? So they ask him these questions, like. Um, they give him coordinates and they ask him to describe the coordinates. So he's describing these coordinates. He's like, you know, there's huge structures. There's like these really tall people and they're like, their planet's dying, right? So they got to like, they're kind of hiding out in these huge uh, underground, kind of like pyramids, but they're not really pyramids, but there's other stuff happening. Like the, they've sent some people to go find another place to live and they're, they're like waiting for him to come back, you know? And it's all this stuff. It goes on for a while. And then they, they open up the envelope and it says the location of the remote viewing is supposed to be Mars one million years ago. Wow. You know, and I'm like, Oh my God. Makes sense to me, dude. (laughs) You know, so I mean, if you want to talk about like, I mean, I'd, you know, people like, Oh, where are the aliens? I'm like, we're the aliens. For sure. I mean, why not? Or like, have you ever seen Blue Planet? The documentary Blue Planet? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, my favorite episode is the one where they go to like the bottom of the ocean because I feel like that's where the aliens really are. We don't know anything about the bottom of the ocean. No, we don't. There's like no. crazy it's stuff. It's world. deep. It's very yeah. deep. <laughs> Literally, some some. It's deep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, good. I'm glad we had that uh, talk. Um, <laughs> glad we shared that moment together. <laughs> that's really special. Um, my, this isn't a UFO theory. This is gonna make me sound crazy. Um, but I have like a time travel theory, which is. A lot of people say that they like disprove time travel by saying, well, if it existed, like someone from the future would have come back to visit us by now. Like we would know that. My theory is, what if that person in the future got in their time machine, put in like, let's say 1705, let's just put, say that as a year. And y'all have been on the road a lot. When you're driving, there's like really long stretches of forest sometimes Mm -hmm. and like for sure no one's seen every inch of that forest right nah what if they put in the wrong coordinates and they ended up in the middle of a forest in the 1700s when there wasn't much civilization they got lost and there's a time machine sitting out there somewhere in a forest Hmm. we gotta go find it you can see that wow (laughs) checks out right I mean probably I mean to to be to be fair it's probably at the bottom of the ocean true it's in the Marianas Trench. That's You're right. where it's at. Imagine getting, imagine popping out in the trench and being like, "Shit!" <laughs> 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 exactly. I am not pressurized. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. And I die. <laughs> okay. So, final question. Um, this song by Franz Jolie, "Gonna Get Over You." pretty relatable topic for anyone who's been in some kind of relationship what's the perfect balance between reminiscing and trying to live in the moment Mm. good question i mean i don't have an answer for that is there i know it's like is there a balance yeah i usually try to live in the moment i think I like feelings of nostalgia because I think it's a nice feeling. Um, I mean, that in itself is a moment, you know? True. Like, do you mean like live in the now or do you mean like live in like this actual moment right now? (laughs) You know what I mean? 
like in the That's present a question you know yeah. it's like do you mean like do i need to be hip to like what's happening like all across the world right now today or is it more like what's happening right now because it's nice to reminisce sometimes mm-hmm. about good moments you shared with someone or with people but you can't do that all the time right like yeah it's like i mean i want to live in the past yeah. i think reminiscing i mean which is really what i think we just did for the last you know <laughs> what 45 minutes now yeah <laughs> i think reminiscing helps you appreciate mm. now more than anything oh that's so true yeah that's a really good way to put it <laughs> He's always in the banger answers. That's true. That was really solid, man. Thanks. Very astute. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thanks for thanks having, you us. having us. We appreciate y'all. This thanks was fun. You. I'm going to try out that biscuit jam egg thing. Yeah. Like, cut the biscuit in half. Do you, do you get it? Like, I get it. get it? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you put the jam in the eggs. Okay, cool. You have to try the uh, the ginger jam, though. That's a with fair butter. trade. Yeah. With butter. That's a fair trade. Yeah. Where do I get ginger jam? I think you can get sense. it at, like, Randall's. Yeah, probably. I mean, anywhere. If not that, like, maybe a cost plus world market or something. Okay. Yeah. Should be over there by the... Uh, I mean, mar- you could definitely... Mar- I'm sure you can find it at Whole Foods if you really, you know, <laughs> <clears throat> take oh. it up a notch. Is it in, like, the jar with, like, the writing on it? It is. With the, it's a nice writing. It's, yeah. like, a fancy package. A silver lid. Yeah, yeah. It's a silver lid. A nice script. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. I'll fact check that for you. You can fact check the name of Cassandra's band. Okay. We'll be straight. We'll hold each other accountable. Yeah, that's really nice. <laughs> nice. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you. See you. Peace. So Krungbin's story about that rockabilly dance club in Copenhagen reminds me of a very similarly religious experience I had in Santiago, Chile in 2015. I was there with some friends visiting Anna Tiju, who is a friend of mine and also is maybe arguably one of the most impactful South American rappers of all time. It's not for me to say, I'm very biased, but I think you can make that argument. One late September night, which in the Southern Hemisphere is the dawn of spring, not fall, I went with some of Anna's bandmates to a dub show. They had been telling me that we had to go, that it was going to be magical. So I said, okay, I'm along for the ride. Y'all show me the way. So we go to the Recoleta neighborhood, to a place called Club Ibiza. We walk in, and we see this, like, red-headed but like ethnically ambiguous guy on an empty dance floor with a bunch of speakers in front of him and Anna's guitarist Para Prez turns to me and says just watch just watch and I said okay within about half an hour this guy had assembled a wooden pyramid of speakers taller than me and I'm like 6'2 on a good day and the bottom row was all for the bass, the low frequencies. The middle row was for the mids. The top row was for the highs. And when the room filled up and it got really smoky, it was like being in church. I'm talking about people were 
trying to move closer to the pyramid just so that they could feel the bass pumping through them. It was incredible. But I'll never forget about halfway through the night, this like pulsing bass line comes out of the pyramid. And it's this record called Mandela by Peter Youthman. And all the music that night was great, but this was the one that made it feel like we really were in church. People in waves were moving up to the speaker and then moving away, walking up to the pyramid and then moving back. And some people were just, as soon as that song came on, frozen in their place. Their head cocked back like they were only there physically, but mentally they had gone somewhere else. You really can't tell me we weren't all in church that night. It was incredible. It's amazing when music can take you places, you know, mentally, emotionally, even metaphysically, and for Krungbin, geographically too. They become known for, like I mentioned earlier, their covers of songs from the Middle East from the 60s and 70s. You know, if people are discovering artists like Elias Rahbani or Gugush or whoever through Krungbin's covers, I think that's a net positive. So, thanks for listening, y'all. I'm your host, Samantha Ashrawi. This episode was recorded and produced by Jason Crow and Jasmine Chen. We'll catch you next time.